Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Halo's Heaven podcast with your host, Dominic Lorenz, joined in with fellow contributors Cole Bailey and David Goodkind. Oh, boy. A lot of news happening over the past week for the Angels. Qualifying offers, free agent frenzy, injury news, award seasons. There is so much to go over right now. And we thought, why not hop on a podcast and give you all the juicy information that you need to know and our takes as well. So, Let's waste no time. Cole, David, are you guys ready to jump on in? Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. First and foremost, the biggest thing that we are worried about the Angels right now, we've been saying it since the first day. It's been a hashtag. I believe Cole has been keeping that train alive of extend rice cell. That has been the main focus for the, I would say, pretty much since like the All-Star break, August, that's been the train that's been keeping the Angels running so far. And the Angels did give him a qualifying offer of $18.4 million for the 2022 season. He has 10 days to accept it, decline it, however he wants to go about it. And these are the three options. He can either sign it. He's with the Angels. Mazel tov, congratulations. He can decline it and then re-sign a multi-year deal with the Angels, which would be no skin of our nose. Who cares? We'll bring him back on the team. No worries. Or third option, which is the worst option, decline it leave the angels, but in fairness, the angels do get a compensation draft pick in return. So Cole, since you are the extend Rysel hashtag man, what yes. should Rysel do? I think this is an easy question. So we already know your, your answer will be yes, sign with the angels, but how should they go about this and how will this affect the angels payroll with the 18.4 million? I think the most beneficial avenue, at least from the team's sake, and probably from his as well, is to get that multi-year extension done. I think it would be less average annual value, so you have more money to play with this offseason. Because he's probably he probably wouldn't get 18 million on a multi-year deal. It would probably be closer around like 15 million, maybe. So it's beneficial for that, but just making sure he's around for the long haul would be nice as well because we saw how important he was, especially with how lackluster the rest of the bullpen was. So keeping around for a few more years would definitely be the best choice. Yeah, absolutely. And Rysel in a market where closers is very slim, it was him, uh, potentially Craig Kimbrell, but we already know Craig Kimbrell is staying with the Chicago White Sox. They also have Liam Hendricks, and those are pretty much the top two closers, at least in the American League, alongside Rysel Iglesias. So after Rysel, the closing market is very, very thin. So yeah. it only makes sense to keep him around. Now, David, for you, I think Rysel's best option is to stay with the Angels, and I think it makes sense on both sides of the spectrum. For the Angels, it definitely does. Um, for Rysel, it's interesting because, like you said, the market's so thin that the competition could get a little bit crazy here. 
let's say the Dodgers let Kenley Jansen walk and then they're in the market for a closer or the Yankees are like totally done with Chapman. There are some wealthy teams out there that could overpay just to get Iglesias away from the Angels. So by no means do I think it's a lock. I think he's going to have some really tempting numbers on the table coming coming at him from other teams if he declines a qualifying offer and, and the Angels don't hammer something out quickly. The market is is definitely there for him. The competition is going to be really stiff, and the Angels definitely have their work cut out for them. But I do agree with you guys on the importance of bringing him back, and, and the numbers you, you mentioned are, are all very fair. But my concern is that this pitching market from all aspects is going to be insane this offseason. Yeah, he's absolutely the best uh, the best closer on the market. I think he he had a better year than Kenley Jansen last year. And then the only other ones I can really think of are like Mark Melanson. I know he's a free agent. He was with the Padres last year and then Kendall Graveman if someone wants to move him back into that role. He's going to have a he's going to have like a lot of suitors that are going to go after him. So I think he might be more inclined to test the market because of that, but they, he has talked about how much he wants to stay. So hopefully they can get something out, but it is going to be tight just because he's absolutely the best closer left on the market. Yeah, absolutely. I know another closer that's in the market, Kirby Yates, who was with the Padres for a period of time then went to Toronto and had some injuries through 2021. So, you know, there are, yes, there are some closers on the market. Were they, or are they as good as Rysel was in 2021? You can make the case, yes or no, probably more on the no side of things. But it will be interesting to see if Rysel, within the next couple of days, does sign for that 18.4 or they do get a decline the qualifying offer and multi-year extension done. Let's shore up that end of the bullpen because the Angels also had some other bullpen news that came out yesterday that right-hander Chris Rodriguez is going to be done for the majority of the 2022 season due to uh, right shoulder surgery. Um, so that takes him out at least to the all-star break, probably August and then rehab. So there's a very slim chance he pitches in 2022. And in the limited scope that he pitched this year, two and one record of 3.64 ERA in 15 games, two of those were starts and he had 29 strikeouts in 29 and the third inning. So David, I'll start this one to you. What will the Angels miss in Chris Rodriguez in 2022 that they will have to find somewhere else, potentially in the free agent market or through their own farm system? Well, I also think they may have to make a trade now, uh, especially with the money they're talking about putting out for starters and if, if they do get rest sell. So I think they're going to have to look elsewhere probably for the relief market. Rodriguez, though, would have alleviated some of that need. Now I think it's more pressing than it was before uh, not only was he going to be a viable candidate in the bullpen, he was he was a, a rotation option at one point too. So I, I believe he's only 23. He's really young. He showed a lot of good stuff last year. And if that's if that's the floor, then the future is looking really bright for him. And I know he's he's had some history with injuries and and that can add up. But um, next year, I, I know a lot of us were hoping it was going to be a breakout season. And if he wasn't going to be in the rotation, it was going to purely be because the Angels went out this offseason and got so many starters that they needed to have him somewhere that they put him in, in the bullpen. So the biggest thing for me is is just the lack of that lack of quality arm that the Angels now have to go and gamble on this offseason, which in the past they've completely missed the target 
so many times more often than not where you know they they go try to get a setup man or like a you know middle reliever I think he would have been perfect in that spot and and, and reliable and now you kind of have to may have to make a gamble on that so yeah it's it's mostly the 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 lack for me it's it's the lack of uh that quality arm and now having an extra thing on the itinerary to do this offseason yeah, I think one thing they'll really miss from him specifically is the length that he was able to give out of the bullpen. Because he he's a guy similar to Rysel where you could count on him for like two or three innings at a time if you needed, and it was going to be quality. Now they don't really have a guy like that with him out, which is tough because I was really looking forward to see him work out of the bullpen because we got such a good taste this year. But yeah, that's a big loss. They're going to have to try to find that elsewhere, but it's going to be tough. The replacing the innings thing is is so huge, and it's such a problem for the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this might now, it's an unfortunate situation because, as you both said, Rodriguez was terrific, and he had so much upside, so much promise. Now, does this open the door? Because the Angels have so many starters, and they're looking to get starters as well, could this be an opportunity where Jaime Berea, or Griffith Canning that may not make the starting rotation go to a bullpen role. And at the same time, I know um, in episode four, we talked about Mike Myers for a little bit. He was in the arbitration uh, salary deal situation for the angels. Does that entice now Perry Manassian to bring Myers back? And could they even go with the hometown discount and the familiarity discount of maybe bringing Steve Ciszek back in that role in the bullpen? As far as the starters that you mentioned, I think Berea might be a guy that they can move back there just because he's out of options. So they can't they can't send him down without risking him on waivers. And it doesn't sound like he's in the rotation plan. So I think I think you could put him out there. I do wonder how well his stuff will play up out of the bullpen. I know he was throwing harder as the year went on, but I I'd need to see that. As far as canning. I think it's an option, but I think they still want him as a starter. And I think he can still be a starter. I still have faith in him. But I think he's going to have to prove it because he didn't have a great 2021 and then he ended the year hurt. It's hard to rely on him right now. So, yeah, and, and, and Suarez, in a way, kind of hopped him in the rotation spot. Yeah. Of things. And so did Sandoval, in, in a sense. So Canning's kind of on, the, on his heels a little bit, having to make up for lost time Yeah, um, in that sense. Uh, David, what do you think about maybe now – Mike Myers being more of an enticing option to bring back on that arbitrational salary. Yeah, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, and, and like you guys said, I think Berea, I would give him a, like, like, this is it. This is your last shot probably out, out of the middle relief. Canning, to piggyback off that, because it's such an interesting topic to me, is, is the Griffin Canning situation. What do you exactly do with them right now? So right now, going into next season, you have uh, Suarez, Sandoval, and Otani are pretty much set in the rotation and then you add three you add maybe two more pitchers maybe three we'll see what happens with that and then now now spacing becomes incredibly limited so what do you do with canning so i think if if they're going to give him a shot i think you probably start him out out of the bullpen see how that goes you know the inevitable injury you can move him back into the rotation but you could i don't know if they dangle him as a as a trade piece if anyone would actually be interested at this point he's kind of in limbo right now with where the you know ceiling is and, and where he is in actuality and in his, in his uh, talent assessment. 
So I think maybe um, playing around the bullpen a little bit, low pressure situations or middle relief, that's, that's the way to do it. See how he can get through a lineup once and, and go from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm starting to come around Berea in the, in, in the pen. I think you, I think you bring back Myers now. The, the arbitration number's fair. Um, if he can have a, a bounce back season, we saw how good he was uh, just two seasons ago. So it's a good investment, I think, to bring him back for at least another year and, and see how that goes. Yeah, and the Angels, if you think about this and kind of put all the names on paper, if the Angels do accomplish getting two or three starters, whoever they may be, now the Angels in a weird way have a backlog of starting pitchers. So that that could potentially open the door for Perry Manassian to be what he does best and make a deal. Maybe you take some young pitchers and go trade some young talent and bring someone in to save you a little bit of money or, you know, fit the puzzle pieces around in that sense. So that's where this offseason could get very interesting, like you said, with guys like Canning and Berea, who's out of options. Yeah, I think starters and bullpen play a part into that. Because, like, how many how many starters can you get means how many can you push into the bullpen that got squeezed out, which means how many bullpen guys do you need now that you have the starters back there. So it's, it's a big game of dominoes, and it's like – depending on where the first one falls is how everything else will fall into place by the looks of it. Yeah. And this is why I could never be a general manager. Too many, yes. too many, too many dominoes, too many pieces of the puzzle. I can fake it till I make it, but I don't know if I could do it 24 seven. Yeah. Um, I've been like mentally preparing myself for the, the mock off season pieces that we've talked about doing. And it's, uh, it's very complicated. I'll say I don't yeah. tend to be Perry Manazzi in this off season. No. And Perry did talk a little bit a couple of days ago about some of the moves or maybe not so much moves, but kind of theories going into the offseason and where the angels are looking for. And one of the big things, he wasn't the only GM or only team that was at this specific event, or I should say showcase, uh, Justin Verlander threw a showcase workout in Florida a couple, a couple days ago. He's recovering from Tommy John surgery. Yes, he is an older pitcher in his late 30s. Um, but if you ask anybody right now, yes, I know the Angels need pitching, but it does make sense in theory that the Angels should be number one on Justin Verlander's board. Not only would it be nice to have a veteran pitcher in the Angels rotation that has playoff and World Series capabilities. Um, yes, you're taking a little bit of a risk of a pitcher coming into a rotation after a, a major injury and a major surgery, but Justin Verlander, his numbers don't lie. He is a terrific pitcher. Should the angels take a flyer on Justin Verlander and, and what type of deal could he get this offseason? Yeah. I've been, ever since I saw the report that they were at his showcase, I've been thinking about that and his free agent case is the, probably the most fascinating to me out of anyone available because by the time he takes the mound at the start of next year, it'll have been, I think, 20 months since his last big league game, which is a really long time. But I think it's easy to forget. Last time he was fully healthy, he won the AL Cy Young Award. Like, he was absolutely dominant. Tough to, like, say with 100% certainty that he's going to be that guy again, just because a near 40-year-old having Tommy John surgery is pretty unprecedented. But... The more I think about it, the more I wouldn't mind that because everyone's talked about how the Angels need an ace. Like, that's been the discussion for who knows how many off seasons in a row. And 
that guy's been an ace not that long ago, and he's probably going to be a lot cheaper than most quote-unquote aces would be this offseason just because of the risk. And it's a really big risk, but I think it's one It's one that the more I've thought about it, the more I wouldn't mind taking. Because if he does get back to what he was and you have him on like a one-year $18 million contract, like, for example, what he, he got from the qualifying out from the Astros, like that's that's really good because that leaves you room to get more guys as well. So it's definitely a big gamble, but I think the more I think about it, the more I'd be open to that. Now, I don't know if the Angels feel the same, but I think they've at least considered it a little bit considering they were at his showcase. So it's definitely an interesting case, though. I'd, I'd, I'd be down for it. Um, besides, like, the points you mentioned, the veteran presence, I heard the other day he hit 95. Uh, you throw him into a six-man rotation, so the workload wouldn't be as bad. I, he's one of those. He's one of the few pitchers I, I trust in baseball. I, I don't think he'll ever be the ace again, but that doesn't mean he can't be like a top 10, 15 pitcher. You know, um, I think he's he's, he's going to give you what you need. He probably can't be the only move the Angels make to enhance the rotation if they go that route. Just just because they need some security blanket with that, because there is like like Cole said, there is a there is a gamble, but it's it's one I would totally make. I think um, uh, he would provide. Um, innings experience just so many boatloads of talent um the the contract won't be as crazy as like say a scherzer who's he's up there in age as well or other aces i think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than we all thought because that showcase went so well i think teams are going to you know uh operate on a desperate budget to say the least this offseason so he's going to get he's going to get well compensated but I think it's still in that, that contract should still be in the angels wheelhouse and what they're looking for, especially if they're looking to add uh, multiple starters. So for me, I think it, it, it makes way more sense uh, to, to go for it than to abstain if they get the opportunity. And so I, I would hope that they're engaged with his camp throughout this offseason. Yeah. And in his career, Detroit Tigers, Houston Astros were his two biggest locations. Um, who wouldn't want to come to Southern California? I know his wife, Kate Upton, you know, Hollywood's not that far away, so she can act whenever she wants or do whatever she likes to do with him. If he could perform healthy, he's a dominant pitcher. But yes, is he going to be an ace like he was with Detroit and Houston? No, not after Tommy John. And if he is, then, you know, bonus points for the Angels for actually, you know, scoring an A-plus on a a risky pitcher, you know. Um, Interesting case. I think he might wait it out a little bit and see what other pitchers do and maybe he might be selfish quote unquote in his later end of his career maybe join a contending team just to be safe it's going to be interesting to see there was a quote that i thought was very interesting from perry manazian when he talked is either today or yesterday they asked him like what kind of starting pitching he'd be looking for and I have the quote right here. He said, we just like to be a little more aggressive. I think aggressive is the right word. Certain pitchers set tones, and I think there's a trickle-down effect. I think we were lacking in that area. And that sounds like – I'm not going to say he was specifically referencing a, any one guy, but that sounds a lot like what Verlander has been a lot of his career. Like he's just been the alpha at the top of any rotation he's at where you throw him out there and you're like, we know he's going to give us a good game and set the tone for the rest of the rotation. So – I think if they're looking in that area, he'd definitely fit like that. We already knew going into this offseason that this had to be undoubtedly a pitching campaign this offseason. They did it in the draft with getting 20 pitchers and no position players. 
And this is more of the same that the Angels have to look at. Shortstop, which we can get into in, in just a few moments, is maybe not the number one need, and it shouldn't be the number one need because the Angels have plenty of options. But this is where the pitching is really going to shine uh, for the Angels. And this is just the beginning of the offseason, folks. This isn't, you know, tomorrow's not spring training. There's still a lot of work to be done. And to look at now position side of things for a second, the Angels did have a roster move a couple of days ago. They claimed off waivers infielder Andrew Velasquez, who was with the New York Yankees, and he's been kind of a journeyman through a couple teams uh, in Major League Baseball so far. So he now plays into the whole big looming question mark over shortstop now. So you get him, and let's throw another name out there. They added Brendan Davis, who was at AAA Salt Lake and AA Rocket City this year, to the 40-man roster. So now you have Velasquez, Davis, Ranjifo, Stefanik, Mayfield. You could throw Goslin, Wong, Rojas in there as well if you wanted to put them at second and move Fletcher to short. So they have a lot of options there. Yeah. So let's get that. that let's jump on that ship for a minute. And shortstop, David, what, how do we feel about there's six, seven, eight potential options? Is this a sign that the Angels are not going to go make a big splash and get a Corey Seager or Trevor Story or Carlos Correa? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm not sure. You know, it's, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's indicative of anything, to be honest. It could be a depth move. It could be very much setting up for the future. Um, we don't know if these guys are going to be on, in, in the, on, you know, in the, in the system come spring, let alone, you know, playing games for the Angels. So it all depends on that first domino. If, if we start seeing some big pitching contracts shelled out, then we kind of know where they're going with it. But uh, I know Manassian hasn't completely ruled out going for a short, big-time shortstop. Um, I think all of us are in agreement that that's probably less likely to happen at this point. Yeah. But um, who knows? Uh, I, I know for certain – Probably, I wouldn't say for certain, but most likely right now, they may not know what they're doing at shortstop. They may be evaluating this as a day-by-day thing and seeing how everything unfolds. And they're just trying to um, give themselves the best opportunity to uh, pull from a, from, from a good collection of, of talent as, as much as they possibly can before heading in, into spring. So this could just be more, more depth additions just in case or to put depth into the farm who knows but um we we really can't analyze it accurately until that first domino falls yeah i talked about this a little on the twitter account the other day when that velasquez move was made but i i was thinking out loud like 
maybe they're doing something similar to what they did back when they traded Howie Kendrick at second, where they didn't really have an option there. So they were kind of like, okay, we'll bring all these like guys that are on the fringe or haven't really had an opportunity and just like say, here you go in spring training. You guys are going to get a lot of playing time. We'll see who wins the job. And I don't know if they're going to do that. They definitely have the options to do that. They have a, a whole laundry list of names in the middle infield right now. But I think, I think it's a possibility. I don't know if they're going to do it, but the shortstop market is very odd this offseason where you have the, the guys at the top and then at the bottom it's not great. It's the the tier jump is very big from the top guys. So I think I think it's a possibility. I think they also could just be trying to look for like a one-year stopgap and try to kick the can down the road again. But that's kind of hard to read right now. Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking of for the Angels that could be an option, and I think it's a little bit of what you both said, they could kick the can and wait till next year and let this be like the last item on the totem pole before spring training. But it could be on the other side of the spectrum where they know what they want pitching wise. And they maybe have a big board in the front office that says, okay, here has how we rank the pitchers. And these, this is our goals. And if maybe the top two options are out and we have to go for options four and five on the starting market, maybe instead of giving example, $300 million to Max Scherzer, who's our first option, maybe we give a combined 120 to option four and five and give whatever's left to a shortstop and bring it in at the very last second. Now that could be the case. I think, I think this might be the theme of the episode. When will the dominoes fall? And I think it's always who's the first signing and who sets the tone for the market. And we know pitching and shortstop are the two biggest areas for all of major league baseball, who will set the tone for the shortstop market. Will it be story Correa or Seager and who will set the tone for the pitching market? Scherzer, Stroman, Robbie Ray, and the names continue for both categories. So the Angels have a lot of options. If spring training was tomorrow, I would say at this moment right now, the Angels are probably leaning on work with what we have at short, kick the can, and maybe look at 2022 or trade deadline during the season if we're in contention and we need that boost in the lineup. Again, that's one of a zillion options in in this case. But I think what matters most is whoever is that shortstop, let there be health on their side. Because we know angels health, the word angels and the word health don't really go along in that in the same phrase sometimes. Yeah. With this organization. But speaking of health, Trout, Adele, Canning, Sandoval all got clean bills of health. We've seen the Angels post on social media, Mike Trout doing off-season work in the cage. Um, he looks great. He looks healthy. Um, that's fantastic because we need a healthy Mike Trout to balance out that lineup that has Otani, MVP candidate, Jared Walsh, Gold Glove nominee, Anthony Rendon, who says he's ready to roll for spring training, that hip is healthy. Trout in that lineup, I think those four in the, in the middle of the lineup, much better than Otani, Walsh, Gosselin, Mayfield, and nothing against Gosselin and Mayfield, just two names that came to mind. But, hey, let the goose fly and let Captain Jack hit a couple bombs. But the Angels and health, as mentioned, do not go side by side. And I think that's something that the Angels need to really look at. But the other interesting thing that Perry Manassian talked about 
was the contract status of Joe Madden. And a lot of people listening to this are probably saying the dude's been here for like a year and a half, 60 games in pandemic, like what's going on? I believe he had an option in his deal um, or he just, it was just a three-year deal. So he's entering the final yeah. year of a contract. I see absolutely no case scenario in my eyes. Joe Madden leaves after that contract year. Him and Manassian get along really well. They have similar ideals. And when you're trying to attract free agents and build back up this organization, and Cole, I know we were talking about this before we started recording today. Angels had Brad Ausmus for a year and they fired him to get this guy. Yeah. What? I don't see any which way that this goes, but Joe Madden staying and Cole, you can extend on that if you'd like. Yeah. And the main thing that I want to mention, it's, it's been kind of hard to evaluate him so far just because he hasn't had great rosters his first two years with as the manager. Obviously some of that is injuries, but we haven't really seen what he's been able to do within a good team, which is what I hope they can build this year. So I think it's a little, I think it's a little premature to be talking about should they move on just because I think it's not been a very level playing field to judge him on. Now, if they go out and if they go out and get all these pitchers in the off season and the roster looks good and they're still underperforming, I think you could have that conversation, but I think we still need to see that. And, it is the last year of his contract, yeah, but I don't, I don't personally expect him to go anywhere just because, like you mentioned, he's the, he was their guy. Also, he's pushed a lot of the right buttons. So I know we, we talk about, you know, it's unfair to judge him, and, and there's a lot of truth in that. But also, you can see a lot of the good stuff he's done. For example, he unleashed Otani. He has that relationship with him, and that's already a good thing if you want to just keep Otani for the future. Madden may be a big piece of that. And so, um, I mean, he's had the, he hasn't had like the, the, the talent necessarily to, to compete, but he's still uh, got the most out of these rosters. Um, he's pushing the right buttons. He is, he is changing the culture. Like he said he would do, he's trying to turn into a winning culture and, and, and his um, sort of uh, veiled comments at the end of the season about this, you know, everything needs to change. It needs to happen. Now we need to go get guys who are ready to compete right now it's it's indicative of of him ready to turn that corner not just as, not just for the team this year but i'm assuming uh for for many more years so i i feel like he's home in anaheim um he's in an organization he wants to be he's got guys like trout and otani and, and rendon and fletcher and guys he loves and the, the pieces are there just putting everything together so uh, for both sides, we're talking about if Madden wants to go or if the Angels want to let him walk or whatever. I think it's mutually beneficial that the, an extension will likely get done at the uh, you know at some point this year or yeah. 2022, I guess. I think one thing you kind of mentioned that I think was a really positive like reflection on him was that they didn't really give up near the end of the year, even when they were out of it. Like we've seen, we've seen Angels teams in the past where they're out of contention in September. So it's just kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll mail it in at the end because these games don't really matter. But they, this 2021 team didn't really do that. Like they were fighting toward the end. And I think that's a positive reflection on him just because that means you're getting some sort of buy in from your guys, which is all you can really ask for from a manager. So I think that was one positive 
thing that we've seen from him. And yeah, like you said, I think, I think they will try to get an extension done. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. And it's hard to change a culture of an organization that has been on a losing streak for a good chunk of seasons now and pandemic season, you couldn't really get a full trajectory of where this team was going in a very short, short sprint. 2021 was his first full year and Hey, to win 77 games with the roster that was put together due to injuries. The Salt Lake Bees at the end of the year. The Salt Lake Bees. And, and David, I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly. He, he pressed the right buttons. He got everything out of his guys. He unleashed Shohei Otani. Um, and potentially, if the Angels do need to trade in some way, there's a track record on these guys now. Jack Mayfield has a somewhat track record of hitting home runs and being productive. Luis Ranjifo, Phil Goslin. I'm not saying trades will happen, but if something has to happen, at least you have some record on these guys to say, hey, they performed when maybe the team shouldn't have performed well, and right. they're an asset um, moving forward. So I think Joe Madden, no question, extension's coming. I think this is just the media just kind of looking at contracts saying, oh, he's got one year left. Is he going to go and kind of stir up the drama a little bit? I think in Joe Madden's managerial career, and this might be looking too far out of it, but why not say it? I think this is his last coaching stop. He's going to be in Anaheim for as long as he needs to be. And then after that, maybe hang him up at that point, unless he wants to coach until, you know, he's 95, 96, 97 years old. That's, however. that's however, what it feels like though, right? I know it, it just, it, it just feels like it's his, his career has come full circle to Anaheim, you know, through Tampa to Chicago and back to Anaheim. And it just, it's that Cinderella story that just speaks well to the Angels organization and goodwill. And, you know, the beauty of it is he gets along well with the players and with Perry Manassian and Artie Moreno. And I think having a good relationship with all combined tells me we're in the right direction. You know, we are in, uh, you know, World Series is over. Congratulations, sidebar to the Atlanta Braves on defeating the Houston Astros. For fans that have followed us on social media, um, David and Cole were completely wrong in thinking that the Astros, sorry guys, I have to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I'm not upset about being wrong about that. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either. You know, um, it's a good thing to be wrong about. It's a good thing to be wrong side, about. So we came out on top either way. Either right. way, it wins. You know, Atlanta yeah. wins in six. Um, very nice to do it in front of the Houston crowd. Um, you know, a lot of people heading into this year, I thought, truthfully this was a, a god honest opinion if Pujols played the whole year and his contract was off and Jared Walsh wasn't Jared Walsh why not go after Freddie Freeman but after a World Series run that's not happening we don't have yeah. the money for well we claim we have the money but we don't have the money for that and Jared Walsh had an A you know sneak preview that with the Jared Walsh article that went out today Jared Walsh had an A minus season in the eyes of Halo's heaven and there's no real reason why you need a first baseman. And speaking of yeah. Jared Walsh, he and David Fletcher don't win gold gloves, but they, at least they were, it was nice to be nominated in, in that category. What did you guys take from the gold glove awards that were, that were handed out this past weekend? Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect Walsh to win. Now he did have a pretty good season defensively, but I expected it to be Olsen. I was surprised that Gurriel was the one to win but I didn't expect Walsh to be there, but it was nice to see him nominated because he did some good stuff on that end. And then Fletcher, I thought was a little bit more of a toss up. I was a little bit more confident in him, but the other two were also very good. So I think that one could have gone either way, but 
it is nice to see them nominated just because not a lot else went right on the defensive end for the Angels this year. So it's a bummer to see them not win, but I think I think it's good to see them there. And I think it's a good place to build on, especially because they need a lot of defensive improvement. So it's good to have at least those guys as building blocks there. Yeah, I didn't expect Walsh to to win either. And like you call, I expected – I thought it would be Olsen as well. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I, I, I really thought Fletcher would win it. You know, there's a lot of murmurs that the gold glove takes into account too much the offensive numbers, in which yeah. case, of course, Semyon's going to beat him. And, and, and maybe if Fletcher doesn't slump, you know, the, the, the last month of the, of the season that – it gets a little bit, I mean, maybe his, his chances go up. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the mind of the voters. I, I thought, you know, by the defensive metrics that he probably deserved it. Um, so that one's, that one's probably the, the big disappointment of, of the award season so far, but um, I don't expect that to be his last nomination or his last opportunity that to, to win the awards. So uh, hopefully uh, in the future we can, we can celebrate rather than, I guess, lamenting everything yeah and on a scale of zero to ozzy Guillen, former manager that was always crazy how crazy was joe madden when david fletcher lost because we, oh, we, we heard all year that joe madden said if you don't vote fletcher for gold glove you know you're stupid i don't know if joe madden was how pissed he was or kind of when he's probably road tripping in his rv and probably doesn't even know the results at the moment right now <laughs> he's out in the middle of nowhere yeah, um, but, you know, Fletcher, I, I, I thought he had a chance at winning Walsh. I agree, not so much, but it was good to see them have a lock now on the right side of the Angels infield. Again, shortstop questions are shortstop questions, but I like Fletcher best at second, and I think him and Walsh anchored that right side of the infield very well. Um, so from those awards, and yesterday we found out uh, very shockingly, I, I'm, I dropped to the floor in shock that Otani's up for AL MVP. Just, I can't believe it. Yeah, all the people that were were sweating over that one for some reason can take a, a deep breath. A deep breath of silence. <laughs> um, you know, we knew Otani AL MVP. We we we've spoken into existence. He's he's played it into existence. So I don't know if there's you know we don't need to beat a dead horse with it. But for you guys, um, in all the awards, AL and NL rookie, AL and NL managers, Cy Youngs and MVPs, was there any shocks? of wow I didn't think he'd get nominated in that category David I'll start with you any shocks um I think one of the biggest ones Dave Roberts not getting nominated after the the regular season the Dodgers put together for you know best uh, manager of the year for for AL MVP um I know some people were shocked about Simeon I felt like he flew under the radar for a lot of the year even though I'm sure a lot of people disagree Uh, the guy obviously put up MVP worthy numbers. So um, for me, it's fitting the, the two, the two blue Jays. Other than that, not, not too surprising. Okay. Cole, what do you think? Any, any big shockers from, you know, the awards being nominated out yesterday? Um, not really. I think Roberts, it was an interesting one, especially when you see that Mike Schilt was nominated as a finalist, even though he is no right. longer with the Cardinals. It's a little, <laughs> right. A little awkward. I hope he wins. I just hope he wins for the pure joy. That would be very funny. That was like, I want to say it was the coach of the Raptors in basketball a few years ago. One coach of the year after he had already been been Casey. That's right. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a a situation like that. But yeah, that was probably the most shocking one. I think 
I think all the MVP finalists were were very worthy. Like you had Harper, Soto, Tatis in the NL. I think that was the pretty obvious three. You could maybe make an argument for Trey Turner in there, but I think no complaints there. Obviously, Otani and Vlad, those were the two like locks. Like we talked about before, I forgot there was even going to be a third finalist just because those are the only two that anyone's been talking about. But I think I think Semyon was a very good choice for that. I did mention before the show to you that I was a little surprised that Alex Cora didn't get nominated for AL manager just because I think that Boston team overachieved what their expectations were a lot. So I was expecting him to get there. But I think the three guys that were nominated are pretty good choices. It was Cash, Baker, and Service. So I think they did a pretty good job with these nominations. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the only kind of toss-up one, because I feel there's more tough categories like NL Cy Young, I feel is a very tough category to vote. Yeah, that yes. one's a toss. Totally up. agree. I could, see, yeah. I could see any of the three guys winning it there. It's, it's and then you had guys like like Urias and and Bueller got left off too. So it was there's so many there's the competition there was so stiff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more this year in the in the nominees. I feel there's more stiff competition than um, upsets or maybe shockers in that sense. The only shocker to me was in the AL Rookie of the Year category. You had Rosarena and Franco from Tampa Bay and the Astros, um, Luis, Luis Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought Ryan Mountcastle or, or Adolis Garcia from the Texas Rangers had an option of getting that third spot. Um, Rosarena, I was down for. Franco only had 70 games. I know that was the big topic of conversation last night. And Luis Garcia – very good pitcher. I thought it, you know, it could be a toss up between him and somebody else, but I felt that was probably maybe the one shocker out of all the categories to me that had some discussion where there could have been maybe, you know, a flip or here, you know, a flip or two here, but I'm, I'm looking at that NL Cy Young as probably the toughest category to vote on. If I was a voter out of all eight categories. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, those will be announced next week. Rookies on Monday, managers Tuesday, Cy Young on Wednesday, and MVPs on Thursday. And again, that's the 15th through the 18th on MLB Network. Uh, so oh, November 18th could be National Otani Day. If, yeah, Otani Coronation <laughs> Day. Circular your calendars there. You know, add him to the mix. And, 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 and we forgot to even mention this. I'm just going to mention it briefly. He got the Commissioner's Award during Game 1 yes. of the World Series. So... Mm-hmm. Another trophy to Otani's laundry list of things, and yeah, so, it's pretty pretty lengthy already. You know the you know even the, without the MVP. Yeah, the Silver Slugger awards are going to be coming out soon. There's a bunch of other awards that he's probably up for that we don't even know the names of until they show up on the Angels, you know, PR page. But it's going to be interesting to see over the next you know the next week what will happen in the voting categories. It, well, everything's pretty much been voted for already. We're just waiting for the big reveal at the end of the day. But yeah. But that's pretty much all the Angel news that has come up over the past week for the Angels. Lots to get into. And this is, let's be real, the tip of the iceberg. It's the hot stove is on. It is burning hot. And Angels, let's get ready to go. This is this is the time where 2022 is upon us. And it's time to roll. And this is where it all begins. So this will, we'll, we'll check back in next time with another podcast soon enough. Plenty of great content still on our Halos Heaven website, social media channels. We got our player interviews that we're doing Monday through Friday between now and the end of January. Uh, laundry list of every player that put on an Angel uniform this year and played at least one game. We yeah. have a write-up on uh, for that, so keep checking those out. 
we also had been uh, doing player interviews. We had Michael Stefanik do a live interview. We also have Braxton Martinez, who played for Inland Empire this season, do up next. And then also Angels number four prospect Kyron Paris is on an interview coming up as well. So check those out. And any other breaking news, offseason signings and tradies predictions that will be coming up soon. So plenty of offseason news to coverage here at Halos Heaven. But until then, I'm Dominic Lorenz. That's David Goodkind. That is Cole Bailey. And we will see you guys next time here on the Halos Heaven podcast.